before we begin, I just want to say that I, um, I hate live stream only more than anybody maybe on the planet. I just don't like it. It's good for a secondary measure, and I'm just going to have to be honest with everybody right now and tell you that Friday I said, you know, I, I, and I got documentation to back up what I'm telling you, that I'd already said that we are only going to uh, just ask everybody to pretty much stay at home that's been sick or around six, even if I didn't have a 10 people here. And then God reminded the preacher something, and I can tell you where I was. I was, I was standing outside the kitchen door at the school when the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and says, stream only. And then I, I started with this conversation, but God, and God reminded me that this is still his house. I'm still his servant. You are still his sheep. I don't get to make these calls. He makes these calls. And so I stand here today, and I don't, I don't understand the things that have happened in the past week. For those of you that have not heard, let me tell you, Wednesday night, we minister to over 100 children and youth and young adults over at the other campus. We did. And we, we were just a, a blazing fire, and we still are. And I don't know what God's doing, but I'm too close home to get mad. I'm too close home to, to be puffed up with pride. I'm too close to be aggravated. And, and I just need to humble myself and say, God, you do what you want to do. I, it doesn't matter, Lord. You do what you want to do. I, God, I'm giving you, Lord, the thumbs up that I'm out of the way. I'm out of the way. And, and you know my heart, regardless of what my hand does. You know my heart, Lord. And God will get glory. God will get glory through all of this. And I do want to tell you, that I love people, and what's worse than having the church empty all over again, deja vu, is knowing that people may come and people may get sick because people did come, and people came back too early, and all the scenarios. I, I just want to say that, I, I, I hate to say, but I, I just believe this is something that has already been prepared, and it's, it, it is now launched. And you're going to hear a whole lot more of this just because of we're living in perilous times. That's all I'm going to say about this. Two weeks ago, I spoke to you about the cross of Jesus, God's cross. The cross that was prepared to put his only begotten son. And then last week, we spoke about his name, the name of Jesus. But today, and this is another thing that I've kind of struggled with since Friday because this message has been well uh, planned for over a week. But today I'm going to speak about his house. And speaking about his house is kind of um, something that the devil tried to use on the preacher because I'm preaching about his house and nobody's in his house. And I have just relied on God today, and that's 
I, I don't question the Lord. I think I don't question the Lord, but I do know this. I do know he's a faithful God. And with that, I'm going to go into his word right now. And so, too often, because I'm the pastor here and this is where I work, I've made the mistake of viewing uh, I, viewing this a place of work too often uh, and uh, allowed it to overshadow. Uh, Opie, it, this is a place of worship. And I've allowed that to kind of eclipse, and that should never happen. I don't care. I, I, I bet if you could talk to Old Testament priests that they never allowed their duties in the church or serving in in the tabernacle to overshadow what the real meaning was about. And I don't think I, I, I've ever been disrespectful. Uh, I certainly hope not or, or been irreverent in any kind of way. But, but I will tell you this, that a lot of times, like Mary and Martha, you can get so cumbered about that you forget that, that needful part. And so I today... With an empty house, I want to talk to you for a few minutes about this is God's house. God's cross, God's son's name that he gave him, and God's house. And I think whether we had 10,000 people or nobody here, that this is still a very timely uh, day to hear this. And you know, just one of the things that God brought to my attention that the Lord had this conversation with with uh, David about his son Solomon, and he told them that it actually would be in his house, talking about God's house. It would be in his house that he would settle his son that wasn't even born yet. He would settle or make him to stand. It, it wouldn't be out uh, on the throne somewhere in the palace. It wouldn't be on the city streets but it would actually be in God's house where he would settle him and cause him to stand in the house of God. In fact, 1 Chronicles uh, 17 and 14 says, But I will settle him in mine house and in my kingdom forever. And his throne shall be established forever. And you see, I believe uh, since the Old Testament writers began to write, about the tabernacle and about the sanctuary and about the house of God and the presence. I believe there has been a pattern or a recipe that is, has been established based solely on the scriptures themselves that was revealed not only in the Old Testament, but it, but it carried over into the New Testament about God's house and how important it is and things that actually happened in God's house. And, and I, I think God did that. One of the many reasons was because he wanted what he would call his body, his bride, the church, to enjoy his house. And, and in the book of 1 Kings, this is also recorded in 1 Chronicles, but in the book of 1 Kings chapter 8, the Bible talks about just how important the house of God was. In fact, it says it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. 
for, listen folks, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. What had happened was Solomon, that I just spoke about, Solomon had gathered the congregation. He had gathered the Ark of the Covenant. It was in first position. And the Levites, the singers, and the congregation, and all of these people were put in place. And then sacrifices. The Bible tells us that sacrifices was made so many that it couldn't, in the, probably tens if not hundreds of thousands of sacrifices to God being made because the altar, uh, the Ark of the Covenant rather, was being transported into the newly built sanctuary or house or tabernacle of God. And so when all of these pieces were put in place, notice, God's presence was first. God was prioritized first. And then the congregation, then the people is what Solomon assembled. And then after the congregation, then we find uh, the sacrifices that took place. I believe that is carried out so many times in the scriptures. And it doesn't have to be a great large number as you'll see in a minute. Folks, and I do want to stop here and say that I know without any doubt whatsoever when the people of God come together to the house of God for the presence of God and the praise of God and you bring in pure sacrifices that you don't sit down and see what it's going to cost you. And I don't mean just monetary sacrifices, but you bring these sacrifices in to God's house. I believe there's dynamic things that take place on a weekly basis that sometimes people will never, ever hear about until we get to heaven if God wants us to know about it. In fact, over in the New Testament, as I said, this carried over, and God's people, His, his body, His bride, the body of Christ experiences in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost. You know what happened. As they were all in one mind. See, this is representing the church because this was the launch of the church. They were all in one mind, in one place, in one accord. And then we know that the fire fell, wind came, and people began to speak in other tongues. We know in over a hundred native language that languages that people had no prior training in. And, and they didn't understand what they were saying, but other people did. And from that went miracle after miracle after miracle where God showed himself strong on behalf of his people. And this has happened so many times that I don't even have the time to begin to tell you and give you all the examples of when this took place. But there are three things that I want to point out quickly that God's word associates with his house. The first thing is that God's word said in Matthew 21 verse 13 that his house is a house of prayer. And Jesus said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. If, if you are to look up the Greek definition of the word prayer, you will find out that that meaning, it means what you think it does as praying, but it also means 
a place set apart or suited for the offering of prayer. That's what we just read out of Matthew 21. That he said, my house is a set apart place for prayer that suited for offering up prayer. So we talk about praising God all the time. We talk about coming in here, giving to God all the time. We make announcements about things that have gone on, things that will go on. But I want to tell you that Jesus said, my house shall be called the house of prayer for offering up prayers. It's been set apart. And I think and people can say, well, I don't believe that that way, and that's fine. But when I read these scriptures, I believe that when the people of God come together in one mind and one accord and one mouth, and we begin to make an offering of prayer, whether it's over healing or a need or some kind of spiritual warfare we're going through, I believe that there's something supernatural that takes place because it's not that you're just following a pattern or a recipe, but God knows that you are honoring His Word. In fact, over uh, later on in the Scriptures, we read that when the early church members were praying that the ground, the place where they were standing, the ground was shaken. And folks, it's, it, it goes without saying 2 Chronicles 7.14 is a good place for you to hear this again. But I want you to hear verse 15 after I read verse 14. You all know it or have heard it. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. See, if you don't humble yourselves, you might as well not pray. Because God's not going to hear an arrogant uh, conceited heart. He's not going to hear that. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, not the church, not the program, not my need, but if they will seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I don't even have to say anything about the fact that the land needs healing. We know the people need healing, but the land needs healing. And verse 15 is a verse that most people never quote when they quote verse 14. But I want you to hear verse 15 today in terms of what we just said about God's house being the house of prayer. Listen how verse 15 follows up verse 14. Now, mine eyes shall be open, God says, and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. And I believe with all my heart that this place that God was speaking of, it may mean a lot of other things, but I can tell you based on what Jesus said, that this place has to include this place, God's house, God's place that he set apart, and he said, you can praise me, you can give, you can worship, you can have all kind of ministries, but I want you to understand, my house is the place, the house of prayer, where prayers and offerings of prayers 
ought to always be going up to me. The Bible tells me in 1 Thessalonians 5 that I am to pray without ceasing. This is why the church is under such attack. It's not because of a pandemic. It's not because of fuel prices. It's not because of wars and rumors of wars. The church is spiritually under attack. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. And all I ever hear Christians talking about is flesh and blood. But I got a news flash for the Christians. I want you to know your battle's not with people. Your battle is with a force you cannot see, but you can fight. It's called the spiritual darkness. It's called wickedness. It's called a corrupt devil that has no good intention for you and you've got to understand that he will fight you from coming to God's house to pray with God's people because he knows the scriptures and he knows that God Almighty will respond to his word when people live by his word. So the house of prayer is one of the associations that God made with his house. It's got to be, it is the house of prayer. That's why we don't have a full house, a half house, a quarter, or even a tenth of a house of people when it's just time to come and pray. We don't. People forget. People have other things that they make sure they do. People don't see the value in praying. And the pastor is trying to tell an empty building today that you need to understand there is a benefit in obeying the holy scriptures of God. You may not have got anything out of your prayer when you prayed at home or you just was doing a lot of other things and you just mumbled something out. But I'm telling you, if you get with God's people, if you come together with God's people, God will hear his people that come to him. The second thing God said that he associates with his prayer, and we all need this right now, is that there is joy in God's house. In Isaiah chapter 56, verse 7, he said, Even then, even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar, for mine house shall be called an house of prayer for all people. This Isaiah's writing is what Jesus was referencing, but I wanted you to hear it because God's house of prayer is also associated and it's paired with God's house of joy. When you come to God's house, that's why he keeps people out of God's house. Because there's joy in the house of the Lord. You just heard the praise team sing about that. There is joy in the house of the Lord. People say it all the time. I was feeling bad, but I got to worshiping. I saw somebody else praying. I saw somebody else come up to me and pray for me or smile at me. And, you know, I felt bad when I got to church. But, man, when I left, I just felt better in my soul because there's joy in the house of the Lord. That's why you don't feel like coming to church. That's why your children don't want to come to church. Satan don't want joy in your home. He doesn't want joy in your life. 
He wants depression. He wants doubt. He wants all the things that he can get glory over and just continue to drive you like you a nail in a board. He just wants to pound on you. If he can keep you from praying and he can keep you from walking in joy, then he's going to do all he can. And he gives you for free every excuse in the book to ensure that you don't get what God said he prepared for you. I'm telling you, folks, we don't understand the blessing of being able to come to church. Do you know that every week, sometimes every day of the week, people in underground churches in China and all over the world put their lives on the line every time they secretly go to a little gathering somewhere in a basement or a bunker or something hidden, some kind of place underground that nobody knows about. I'm telling you, God's blessed us living in a free country for all that that's worth right now. God still blessed us to be able to come and worship freely in his house. And I believe we're going to give an account for how we were just lax about the house of God when we stand before the Lord. I really believe that. There's a third thing that you know, but you don't associate. What God says is available in his house. He said, not only is there prayer in my house that should be made, there's joy in my house, but there's also meat in my house. The Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. And I'm not talking about tithe, but it, you can't say this without mentioning it because it's in the scriptures. That there may be meat in my house and prove me herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows, thank you, Lord, for what you just said to me, the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. So I need you to hear this because some people have a one-track mind. All they think about when they hear this scripture, ah, the church just wants money. I don't, I don't have to have your money. I don't have to have nobody's money. The God I serve is obligated to me according to his word. He'll never let the righteous be forsaken. I don't worry about it. But I'm telling you this. I believe that, well, I just read it. I don't have to believe it. It's right here that there's untold blessing that God has waiting on the other side of the window when people say, well, you know what? God's word said for me to do it this way. And I'm telling you, last week, this altar by now was almost full of people. And there was a move of God going on in this place. Look where we are today. This might be nothing but a test to see how you can bounce back next week. Oh, I ain't going. I'm going to get sick. Well, you see, you can say all that if you want to. But I'm telling you right now, that old slew foot, He's going to use that. You go ahead and use it if you want to allow him to use it. But I want you to know that inside of God's house, there is meat that goes far beyond just when I'm preaching the word of God. There's meat in the praise and worship that goes on on this stage every week. There's meat in the fellowship. There's meat in the praying and lifting up one another's burdens right here. There's meat when we come together to help each other out. And the Bible says, 
bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that that meat can be here. I just said this about two weeks ago, and I'm going to bring it up again. But listen, right now, we don't even know what our utility bill is going to look like here in about two weeks from having to do all we've been having to do over at that campus. And I'm telling you, if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change a thing because God is moving. I've been more encouraged by seeing 60 or maybe 70 uh, people from our church work together in between two huge ministries now. I've been more excited as a pastor of this church. I'm glad to see families come. I'm glad for over a hundred uh, children and students coming. Yes, I'm very glad about that and all the praise reports, but I want you to know what I saw this week God doing among people. The devil can't take that away from me because people were sick. I hate people got sick. I don't want people to get sick, but we don't know what people suffered with outside and it was already what if people got sick at work what if people got sick here at walmart or somewhere else and they brought it nobody knows folks and you can't know you can't point fingers you can't come up with some kind of strategy and all that it's in the world it's in the earth it's everywhere the point is not that people got sick the point is that we last week say when anything happens we speak the name of jesus how many of you at home right now have spoken the name Jesus over everything since Wednesday night? The pastor has, and he will continue to do that. I speak Jesus over everything. Folks, I want you to know today that God is in control, and God's working everything out. There's meat going to be here next week. There's meat that we're going to continue to have. But, folks, You've got to make sure that you follow God's word because God, again, put a program and a principle in place so that meat could be available so we could have things, have lights on, have air, buy things so the children and the students could be able to enjoy and be able to learn about God and be pointed in a right direction. I praise God for what he's doing. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm going to come out with both barrels cocked a week from Wednesday. I'm telling you that. I haven't been spooked by the devil. I'm not derailed because this is an empty church today. Because I'm ministering unto God right now. I don't care if there's a million people listening or one person. I'm ministering to God. He said, I minister to him. So I take it very seriously. And I want you to know that not only is there meat here, but there's something else I want to say before we pray. And that is what I just talked about. When God's people come together, you can get things done like the early church did. There's unity in God's house. Matthew 18 and verse 20 says, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Where two or three are gathered together in my name. So see, it doesn't take a lot of people to get Jesus involved, you see. All you got to do is say, well, look, as for me and my house, I keep quoting it, but I don't care. It's God's word. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Over in Hebrews 10, 25, it's been well worn out around here by now, or well worn many times, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. 
but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. On this side, I've got this verse right here ringing out in my ear. And on this side, I've got the devil. You reading that verse and you called off church today. No, I didn't call off church. I just told people to watch it and worship in a different way because that's what God said to do. His ways are still higher than our ways. I'm not depressed. I'm not mad. I'm not confused. I'm not upset with God. God's ways are higher. I don't know what's on the other side of this week, but I know this. It wasn't for the world. It wasn't for a dollar. It wasn't to bring any kind of glory to multitudes or its ministries. It was all for the purpose of God and what God started God said he would complete he said I'll finish it because I'm going away and I'm leaving you here just to do this I'm excited man I'm pumped about what God's done and God ain't through yet I don't care what Satan says and what Satan does God is in the middle of a mighty move of God among the people of multitudes. And who am I to question or get in the way and throw up my hands and quit because the world says this or I see this. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to hear him say, well done. I'm going to fight. I'm going to finish. And I'm going to ask God to help me do what I'm going to ask you to do right now. And that's this. Pray a little simple prayer. All this week. God, help me realize, number one in my prayer this week, the benefit of your house, Lord. Help me to realize the benefit of your house. Help me, Lord. There's a benefit. I don't have to run somewhere else. What I need is available in your house. God, help me to realize there's a benefit when I come together with your Not when I stay at home secluded or making excuse after excuse after excuse. You're not going to get it at home. It ain't in this book right here. Help me to realize the benefit of your house. See, we got to put the church back in proper perspective, a way that pleases God, not in something I got to do or I don't want to be calling and aggravate me and all that mess. Listen, you got to say, God help me to realize the benefit of your house. And then God help me to realize the blessing of your house. I just said it last week. We used to grow up. We grew up singing a song. You won't leave here like you came in Jesus name. Bound, oppressed, tormented, sick or lame for the Holy Ghost of Acts is still the same. You won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. So there's a blessing in coming to God's house. Iron sharpens iron. And also, God, help me to have a burden for your house. Not a burden that's dreadful, but God, help me to also have a burden that's like a hunger, Lord. Oh, I can't wait. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I want you to close your eyes if you can, wherever you might be. And I want you to pray that right now with me. Lord God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, regardless of how I feel about church. Because God, I know that John 16, says in the world, we're going to have tribulation. So, God, we're going to see a lot more of a lot worse things. God, help us not to get discouraged. And help us to remember, this is our filling station, Lord. Help me to realize the benefit of your house, Lord. 
Help me to realize that there's blessings untold when I go to your house, Lord. And Father, I repent over the times I've dreaded or I've made an excuse or I've just neglected your house. Help me to have a, a holy burden, a holy hunger. You said those that with hunger and thirst after righteousness, they would be filled, Lord. So, God, I thank you that this is a house of prayer. I thank you, Lord, that I can get joy when I come here. I thank you that there's meat here, Lord. I pray, Lord, over any person right now, Father, regardless of where they are or how they label themselves or other label them, if you are not a believer, the Bible says if you call, not do, but if you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. And all that means is you just say, Jesus, I am a sinner, and I am so, so sorry for that, Lord. I violated your holy law. I've rebelled against your word, Lord. And I ask you to forgive me, Father. Forgive me, Lord. I want to walk in a newness that I can't get anywhere else but in you. I resist my flesh and this world. I lay down everything and I pick up my cross and I follow you every day. The Bible says that if you pray from a remorseful, repentful, repentant heart, that God will save you on the spot through the blood of his son Jesus. God, and I pray this week, Lord, that as we continue to lift each other up and we meet again Wednesday night online, God, I pray this week in the name of Jesus that you are glorified. Bless the people. Keep them. Make your face shine upon them, Lord. Be gracious unto them. Turn your face, your countenance toward them, and give them peace. God, bless all of you. We love you, and we lift you up in Jesus' name. Amen.